Stephen for Henry. He was in earlier, three to six on News Talk, K3OWCCO. Chris Tubbs is our producer. You normally hear me on Saturdays between three and six. Tomorrow, Tech Talk with Doug between three and four. Uh, some college football, Augustana and Bemidji State still in action in the D2 playoffs. All the upper Midwest teams, at least out of the MIAC and the UMAC. Uh, have been eliminated. Lacrosse still alive. Whitewater uh, still alive as well. We'll have all the scores uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, big big day in college football uh, tomorrow. So uh, college football final tomorrow afternoon here on News Talk E three O W C C O. We'll keep an eye on Prep Bowl as well, and we will have uh, the scoreboard coming up later this hour. Chris Tubbs will lead us through that. We'll, we'll talk some NFL. There was a Black Friday game. Not a fan, uh, but we'll, we'll run that down. Uh, a little bit later on, we'll have the Prep Bowl scores and more. Timberwolves home tonight, Wild home tonight. Uh, but Chris Tubbs sent me an article earlier in the day, and it really, really is interesting. Um, and it was a survey out of the U.K., but I think it translates well to the States. And it it's a survey about how most of us are in a rut when it comes to our evening meal. Uh, some call it supper, some call it dinner. Nevertheless, the evening meal, we get caught in a rut. As a matter of fact, at our house, for instance, uh, speaking of a rut, it really starts on Sunday night. We typically have some sort of pasta on Sunday night. And I I hate to admit, some sort of jarred sauce. Sometimes chicken, uh, sometimes beef, uh, sometimes sausage. And then Tuesday night is typically taco night at our house. And I, I know that's fairly common. Like some of my coworkers. You should almost say, call it like a taco Tuesday or something. I like that idea. Don't you like that? I, I That, that. That's fun. That's got a ring to it. Might be something someday. I might have to see if that's trademarked. <laughs> I think it might be. I think it might be. But but Tuesday is taco night at the house. But here's the thing. I'm going to admit I'm not a gigantic fan of tacos because when I was a kid, we would have nights when I was a kid, and my mom and dad both worked full time, so it, it's it's not. Like, I was raised by a stay-at-home mom where she could spend the day and create, you know, this this great meal. We chipped in. Sometimes dad would get involved. But most of the time, it was my brother and me that would help out uh, preparing the evening meal. Like, for instance, some nights it would be we'd heat the oven and put in the banquet fried chicken. We'd get it out of the box and arrange it on the cookie sheet and heat it up. And That still maybe, counts. It still works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or we would have taco night um, at our house and, and things like that because, once again, Mom and Dad worked full-time. We had school. We had activities. We all chipped in on the evening you gotta meal. got to earn your keep, yeah. Yeah, and, and we would get into those, and, and some of those things were easy and, and affordable, Etc. You know, there would be 
the mac and cheese with the hot dogs on occasion. Oh, uh, who, who didn't have the mac and cheese with the hot dogs? Matt, Matt, l- l- yeah, exactly. Another thing we did is my mom would, would buy at the store the, the Pillsbury dough and hot dogs, and then I, I learned to wrap that in the dough, and then we, we'd have those. Oh, the, um, the pig in a blanket. Pigs in a blanket. Pig in a blanket, yes. P- pigs in a blanket. Or burgers, or the, or that sort of thing. So that that's what we did growing up, and that trend continues. Now, my youngest daughter, uh, who works full-time, lives at home, helps with the meal planning. But we still have those standbys. But what the study found is that most people fall into food ruts, if you will, where it's just kind of like, well, we're going to have taco night, and then we're, we're going to have pizza night, and we're going to have burger night and we're going to do this and the reasons are interesting and i think a lot of people understand this and and even even among young people um but it gets down to they're tired 44 percent or they don't plan so my daughter's jumped into that void trying to help us plan buy in advance do a little meal planning now I don't know how it works at your house with the evening meal, but we we've kind of fallen into some ruts. Some nights it's I'm gonna grab the Jack's pizza out of the freezer and that's good enough for me. You know what I'm saying? Where it's yeah, it's just you hit the easy button and now that we've got an air fryer, that you know it's a game. Yeah, yeah it sounds like it's a game changer for you. It, it has been big. Now how does it work in the Tubbs household? Well, because of my schedule, I'm here typically yeah, five, five, five nights a week. But what I will do is I do a majority of the cooking on the weekends. Oh, uh, that makes, yeah. Yeah, okay. not a majority. Like, I do the cooking on the weekends. It's not that my wife can't cook or she, I mean, she doesn't like to cook. She will if she has to. But I enjoy it. Like, to me, cooking it's it's kind of a release for me. It's kind of one of those because my mind works in a creative way. So I will look at different recipes, and I'll be like, okay, well, I, I want to make this certain chicken enchilada meal, or you know, I want to do the 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 homemade, uh, you know, tater tot hot dish. I just kind of do different things and kind of put some different spins on it. So what I'll do is I will cook typically on Saturday and Sunday, and my goal is to make enough that they don't have to worry because when my wife gets home and she's got to do things with my daughter and and I mean, my wife, she goes to work. She's at work by seven o'clock every morning. So what I try and do is get them set so they don't have to do anything throughout the course of the week. Oh, wow. That, that is very nice. Yeah. And and I mean, where where, where you, you you prep stuff in advance. Yeah. Like last week I made some French dip sandwiches because my, my daughter really loves them. So I'll put the roast in the slow cooker and then I'll shave the meat and then I'll, you know, we'll have it. And then I make sure that I make enough that we can have leftovers and I'll, you know, we'll put those sandwiches, we'll, you know, put them together, we'll pre-assemble them and then we'll wrap them in foil, put them in the freezer. That way you get home, you know, all you have to do is, you know, take it out of the freezer and put it in the microwave and warm, warm up your au jus and bam, you've got a you know self-made, you know French dip sandwich right there waiting for you. 
that that is that is very nice. And, so yeah, and and like tonight, I I made a, a chicken enchilada dish before I left for my wife and in laws, and I'm like, all you have to do is put it in the oven, and then just whatever you have left over, I might have a little bit tonight. But yeah, then we're we're set for a couple of days from now. You know, we we've done those meal things before, where you like go online. Hello Fresh. Is oh one of them. yeah, yeah. And 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 we've done that, and it and it's been kind of cool, in the fact that they send all the stuff, and it, and it's been pretty good, and the recipes have been pretty good over the years. But we kind of take a break from it in the summer, because in the summer, you know, sitting down and having a meal after work is kind of like we'd rather do this, or I got to mow, or I'd rather hang out outside, or we'll throw something on the grill, and we'll, we'll just kind of wing it more yeah. in the how, summertime. How, how cost-effective are those things? And do you, do you get a lot? Do you feel like you get a lot for your money? Here, here's the thing, what, what I have found out. Okay. And, and there's a number of services okay. out there that will send you all the stuff to make a meal. What it does is is it mixes up. Because if it were me, I would rotate between burgers, I'll make a sandwich, I'll make mac and cheese. You know, my so you, you have your my location, my, but it's my playbook isn't very deep when it comes to, especially at the end of the workday. I want to get home. It's like well, you're I, tired. I'm fine. I'm fine making some mac and cheese and having a beer. Yeah, you know, I, I'm good with that. Yeah. So what it does is is those meal planning services, and there's once again there's a lot of good ones, and I think even all the grocery stores have a similar type of service where they'll kind of help you plan. And what it does is it diversifies your game a little bit, where you get the veggies and you get some of this. Yeah, I, I think it's been kind of cool. Okay. Now, now it's not cheap. I mean, but on the other hand, they, they pitch it by saying, we give you exactly what you need for two people or four people. And since there's three of us living here at home, we end up with some leftovers, but between the three of us, we'll we'll finish off the leftovers. What they say is, is that you won't waste as much food because you've seen the articles, and and we all have, is that generally Americans throw away a lot of food. Oh, we, we are so gl- we'll, we are gluttonous, yeah. wasteful people. We really are. Yeah, where where a lot of food gets wasted, where it's like, yes. oh, this yogurt. It's outdated, or and you don't want to eat bad yogurt, um, or or fruits and veggies and that sort of thing. What they say with these meal planning services is, we give you exactly what you need to make the meal, and if you buy enough for two or four, you're going to get the right portions. So in that respect, I th- I think it's kind of cool. And it, are we going to restart that again soon? Probably. Okay. But I I think it is a challenge because it is easy, whether you're young or a little bit older, to fall into these ruts of just, I'm tired and, um, yeah, and then stopping and, and take out. I mean, I admit it, you know, if I'm out doing games and... I eat way too much takeout. Well, it's it's so I it's, eat, yeah, yeah, it's so uh, easy. It's so fast easy though. Food when, yeah. The drive-through man. Yeah, well, uh, and yeah. I mean that. Well, that's see, but that's just part of that's part of the lifestyle. 
It, it really is because you're going from one place to another. And by the time you get done, yeah, you get home and you still you kind of have to wind down because you've got this adrenaline from calling the sporting event, broadcasting the sporting event. But then, you you know, you don't want to. It's spend, just so easy to hit the drive. It's very, very easy. It's very convenient. And you know what it is? Unhealthy. It's awesome. It's, it's it, awesome. I was going to say unhealthy, it's but I like awesome. yours. It's well, I, it, it it is awesome. It is awesome. I, I, it really I, is. I, I, I mean, it's I, it sounds terrible, but you know the the reason they're in business and they make so much money, and the reason they've been around a long time. I'll tell you what, it, it, it's like I got a game coming up. I got a couple of games next week. Okay. Um, and one of them's over at Aldrich. I think I have Eden Prairie against Till Murray at Aldrich Arena over in Maplewood on Thursday night. And I'm thinking about it. Well, I'm going to get out of my full-time gig. I'm going to drive over to Maplewood. I'm going to set up. I'm going to do the hockey game. And by the time I pack up and get out of there, I'm going to be hungry. And right up the road before I get on 36, there's a McDonald's. And it's so easy. You're already thinking about it. You are already thinking about the McDonald's. Well, you got got a game plan. When am I going to eat? What's the day going to look like? And I'm already thinking, yep, I I know I'm weak, and I'm going to hit that McDonald's after that hockey game at Aldrich and have some fast food on the drive home. Do you I do, know it? Do, do, I just do, you, do you ever get know it. do you ever get more excited for calling a game <laughs> and then no and, and I'm being dead serious here. Ever get more excited for for calling a game knowing that there's a really good drive-through close to the stadium or the arena on your way home? You know, Dr. Chris, I I do. And but I think that's true for all of us. And, you know, after reading that study you sent about how people, especially during the week, now it's easier on the weekend, but it takes a lot of work to eat right and, and plan good evening meals. And that's the thing. It, the, the easy button is so... Is so tempting, especially on those nights. Did a game, it's like, it's right there. I'm hungry. I could make something decent or have a bowl of cereal when I get home. Nah, I'm going to probably, probably hit but the that, that But see, that that is what fast food was made for. That is why they they have that drive-through. And yeah. y- you are... You are exactly the the demographic, the the reason why, and and I mean that in the nicest way. You know, you know, yeah. I mean this as an endearment of love. Like there are games, yeah, where and when I was working in Sioux Falls, and I mean, you know, Sioux Falls, you're, you know, I mean that's your, you know, in laws hometown, and I mean we both work for the same station, did the same thing, so you know what I'm talking about when you go to Howard Wood. And you do football games from Howard Wood, which is where a lot of the Sioux Falls high schools play, the public schools, at least they used to. And then there was a there was a nice little Taco Bell that was right down Minnesota. And I'm like, I'm just going to buzz down. I'm going to buzz yeah. down Minnesota on my way back to the house. And, and it was one of the best times of the week. Yeah. And, and, and for me, and, and maybe this is going to be my 2024 New Year's resolution is to try not to do that. You know, like pack a lunch and I'm going to pack a lunch and I'm going to eat it. You're a lunch on the way, guy. You're on the way to the game. Guy. You're going to be a lunch I, guy. 
on the, on the way to the game. So after the game, I'm going to put on my blinders <laughs> and not hit the drive-through after the game on the way home. That is, I I've got it. Thank you. <laughs> so what, we, you, we've you, settled my New Year's resolution <laughs> to hear on the radio. Uh, what are you going to do? Right make yourself, you're going to make yourself a bologna sandwich with like some barbecue potato no, no, chips. See, and, I, I've never been a fan of that. I, if I'm going to make a bag lunch, put it in a little Ziploc butter bag. and jelly. Okay. It's got to be something more shelf stable. Now, in the winter months, you don't have to worry about refrigeration. No, I, I think it would be PB and J. And I'm going to see how many times I can do that. But I don't think I'm going to start till the new year. It's kind of gutsy to to have a PB and J while you're driving, because yeah. the jelly's sticky and uh, no 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 I, I I would eat it when I got to the gym or the rink or whatever b- before I got going or maybe at the half or between periods. But what I'm trying to do is change a habit to not hit the fast food joints after games on the way home. Well, that's, that's half the fun. That's half that's the fun. The plan. All right, quick break. Uh, we have we have much more uh, here on the Lake Show. Stephen for Henry here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Prep old day one underway. The end of the fall sports season, and we have some champions that have been crowned. Minnesota won the one A title that started this morning. The Vikings win 43-22. to uh, Miniota just a powerhouse. Year in, year out. Um, Dude, they've football, been... They, volleyball. Yeah, they, they've been dominant since, like, oh, I yeah. was... And, and, I mean, I'm I'm from that neck of the woods. Like, I, I grew up in Lyon County. And Miniota has always... They've always had really good sports. Football and, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're girls' sports, like... Miniota is a really, really good uh, athletic school for being as small as they are. Yeah, and, it, and it's not a short run where they had a you know four or five years where they had a lot of kids and so on and so forth. This has been going on for years. Oh yeah, this in is Mineota. yeah yeah. There's just there's Very something impressive. in the water in Miniota, and, and it's it's impressive. It is really super impressive what they've done. Yeah, the the kids, the coaches, the community dedicated. Uh, two A title Eden Valley Watkins over Barnesville, twenty four to six, and then a Rockham Sockham four A championship. Hutch and Ricori tied at six in the fourth. Hutch pulls it out. Hutchinson fourteen six, and now at the half the big school championship. It is Centennial leading Edina. 21 to 7. And what's amazing about Edina, they opened the year 1 and 3 and got on a roll and steamrolled Stillwater and Eden Prairie on the way to Preple. Centennial's been solid all year, dropping just one game. And now the Cougars are just 24 minutes away uh, from winning a championship. They are at the half at U.S. Bank Stadium. Centennial leads it uh, once again, the score 21 21- uh, to seven at the half, and they've looked really good. They're only lost to defending champ Maple Grove, forty-one to twenty-eight in week three. Since then, they have run the table with a uh, wins over uh, Rosemount, Lakeville South uh, in the state football playoffs. So good stuff uh, going on. And then, of course, day three 
coming out, or day two of Prep Bowl coming up tomorrow. Let's take a look at the schedule uh, for tomorrow at Prep Bowl. And once again, they'll get started early with the 5A championship game being the finale tomorrow over at U.S. Bank Stadium. And here's the lay of the land on Saturday uh, in downtown Minneapolis. Nevis against Kingsland in the nine-player title game at 10 a.m. And then uh, the 3A championship coming up at 1 o'clock. And then St. Thomas Academy against Chanhassen in the 5A championship game. And that is, once again, uh, tomorrow at U.S. Bank Stadium. Bikes don't play there until Monday night against the Chicago Bears. And the one thing I wanted to throw out, uh, it is rumored that Justin Jefferson may play in the game Monday night against the Chicago Bears. He has been out for a while, and it looks like J.J. may return, depending on how he feels uh, for that Monday night tilt at U.S. Bank Stadium. What do you think about that, Chris Tubbs? And and there, there's been some controversy about it, you know, whether or not – well, is he milking it out? You know, he's sure taking his time coming back. Hey, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I don't play until I'm ready. Yeah, like we know that hamstring injuries, if you come back too oh, soon, sure. if you come back too soon from a soft muscle, you know, soft tissue injury, yeah, and no you doubt. re-injure it, like he's done. Like you're not going to have him for whatever you want to do in the playoffs. So if I'm the Vikings, I'm perfectly okay if – Justin Jefferson is taking his time, and if he's not feeling 100%, don't play. That's fine. You've gone 5-1 and one without him, so that tells me you don't need him. You trade him for draft picks, you draft a quarterback, and you start. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but here's what you do. I mean, you look at it. There are a bunch of Viking fans that went, what? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. It's a no. Sar- sarcasm. Sarcasm. You're not trading yeah. Justin Jefferson. The Vikings know that you have to invest in him long-term. He knows it. You've got the Bears on Monday night. I feel like that is a game that the Vikings have been very competitive without Justin Jefferson. you got the bye coming up. So why not give him two extra weeks, and then you've got Cincinnati, which should be a winnable game when they don't have Joe Burrow. Uh, they've got something named Jake Browning, apparently, is a former Viking that is now you know quarterbacking the Cincinnati Bengals. Then you got the Raiders, and then you've got you know, the, the Packers, Lions. Uh, I think it's Lions, Packers. Lions, Lions Packers, Lions. Yeah. So yeah. I, to me, if, if I'm the Vikings personally, Steve, I tell Justin Jefferson, sit out Monday night. We'll give you two more weeks. We'll see you in a couple of weeks in Cincinnati. I, I totally agree with your thoughts on that. And also, if I'm Justin Jefferson or an advisor, he doesn't have a long-term deal signed. And that's got to be part of the equation in all of this is, yes, he will get paid, but if he comes back too soon and get gets banged up again, I, once again, he's proven he's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL. Agreed, yes. He should get paid either way. And he, will be, he will get the highest contract in the history of the NFL, maybe ever, but certainly for a wide receiver. Yeah, he, he should break the bank, and we know how that goes. Once upon a time, the late great Kirby Puckett was the highest-paid paid player in the game until a few hours later Ricky Henderson signed a bigger deal. But, yes, he will get paid. But 
that's got to be it's it's not guaranteed so being 100% when you have a talent like that is extremely important and they should be able to beat the bears yeah they, they, yeah, they, they, they should sh- be able to beat the Bears on Monday night without him. Yeah, you, you, they played well without him. I mean, they've yeah. had some incredible wins. Uh, you know, the loss against, you know, whatever, with the loss against Denver. They are oddly in the playoff hunt, which just, to me, just tells me how mid the NFC is. And I know there's a lot of parity in the NFL, and I, I'm not I'm not taking that away. But I don't look at the Vikings and, and see playoff team. But if you want to somehow sneak your way into the playoffs – you need Justin Jefferson at the end of the season. So do you do you try and get by one more game without him and well, so you can have him at the end of, at the end of the year or do you rush him in a game against the Bears that you should be able to win regardless? I I know ABC would love to have Jeff, Justin Jefferson add a little more star power to the game uh, on Monday night, but the Dobbs, I, I totally the, the, agree. The, the, the Dobbs story I feel like I I don't think that the Denver game should ruin that Dobbs. Like, that's the story in the NFL, and I feel like it still should be the story in the NFL. And and here's the thing. It it goes back to my point, and and I'll harp on this over and over again. It once again shows, in all levels of football, but particularly the NFL, you you can't turn over the football. You, You just can't turn over the football. It was not a blow-up, for instance, the game earlier in the day, the uh, first-ever Black Friday NFL game. Um, oh, that was uh, – dude, that was terrible. The, the Hail Mary turned into a pick six. That was I, – I That mean, was the game. That was – if there's anything that's more New York Jets than throwing a Hail Mary at the end of the first <laughs> half and then having the Miami Dolphins return at 99 oh. yards for a touchdown – I mean, it, the, the, that's just the New York Jets doing New York Jet things. Yeah, and by the way, Miami rolled in that one the first ever. The first of many Black Friday games. Yeah. It's not going away. No. Uh, quick break. We'll have an update on the weather. And then uh, Dean Phillips made a big announcement. We will get into that coming up here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Certainly you heard it in the news. You can find it online at WCCORadio.com. But uh, Representative Dean Phillips has said he will not run uh, for his third district seat next fall. That he is going to put all his effort into his long shot bid to become the uh, Democratic nominee for President of the United States. Taking on incumbent President Joe Biden for the nomination. And he's made some bold predictions that that he is he's in it to win it along you know to to summarize, and he will not run for re-election. So the idea that well he was going to dabble in this and then eventually he would come to his senses and uh, try and get re-elected and serve another two years in Congress. But I I, I do give him credit for this. All right. He believes in his cause. And there aren't a lot of politicians that will, for instance, run for another office and give up their current office. Now, I I don't want to get into a deep discussion of the virtues of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. 
But I don't think I've heard, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't think that if it doesn't work out that he's not going to be the governor of Florida, that he's got that to fall yeah, back. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. You said the, the fallback. I think that's he has not said that, hey, I'm going to vacate my governor, you know, position, my governorship to run for the president of the United States, because if he's not successful, then, yeah, at worst case scenario, he's OK. Well, you know, I'm I'm still the governor, I'm still of governor of Florida, I'm still governor of Florida. I, I still have a high profile job and I'm still in politics. And um, obviously, Mr. Trump, the front runner, um, is navigating the legal system as well. But but he is not holding another political office right now. So there, there's there's that. But in the case of Dean Phillips, and then you have President Biden, who I, I think any sitting president kind of a year out, maybe 15 months out, kind of moves into that combo platter of I'm president, but I also am running for re-election. And so, so there's, there's that. And Mr. Trump was, was in that mode as well, where year, 15 months out, he, he started campaigning as well. And, um, being the president of the United States. But in the case of Dean Phillips, it, it is interesting to me that he said, nope, I, I'm running for president, that is my goal, and I am stepping aside. Now, there, there could be the idea that, hey, I may not win or I may be in trouble. I haven't seen the polling. And he made that announcement, and it sure didn't take long for people to step up and say, I'm willing to jump into the fray. And there are a couple of people that um, have already, uh, at least on the DFL side, I haven't heard any Republicans officially announce, but um, DFL State Senator Kelly Morrison, who is also a physician, and then Democratic National Committee member Ron Harris have both announced campaigns for Phillips' seat. So it didn't take long, and I would assume in the coming days, and we'll certainly have it covered here, that there will be Republicans as well, who knows, some independents that'll jump in. And this was traditionally a Republican stronghold. And if memory serves, um, Eric Paulson held this seat. And then got beat by Dean Phillips. So whether or not you believe, and Phillips still has an uphill climb, that I remember, for instance, Governor Tim Walz coming out, said, well, you know, President Biden will be the nominee. So it it is an uphill climb. There's no indication President Biden is going to step aside. And any reasonable measure... But I do give Phillips credit for this. He believes in his cause, and he is moving forward and said, I believe in it so much, I am not going to run for re-election. And that is really hard for people once they're in. He's, he's, going, all, he, yeah, he's going all in. He, he is definitely going all in, and I give him credit on that level. And it, if you want to share your thoughts, you're always welcome to on the city's one 
Plumbing and Heating Talk and Text Line at 651-461-9226. And, and I'm not saying this from a political standpoint. You know, well, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Dean Phillips one way or another. I just find it curious that it is pretty rare for someone to run who's already in politics, already holding an elective office, to just willingly give that up and say, nope, I'm doing this and I'm stepping aside. Now, he's not resigned. He's just not running for re-election. But it's still a rarity. There are people that say, I'm not running for re-election, and they get out of politics, or they, they become lobbyists, or they retire, or whatever. This this is relatively unique, in my opinion, that someone's running for another office and said, I don't have a fallback. Yeah, you're, and you're absolutely right with that, Steve. There are There's always a safety net for a lot of people. And here's the one thing that Dean Phillips is getting, I feel, a, a lot of grief from... You know, both particularly fellow Democrats, because you've got somebody who is challenging Joe Biden to be the Democratic nominee. And I feel like with with the dysfunction that we see on the Republican side, and I feel like that's a very accurate statement that there's dysfunction amongst, you know, the, the Republican side of what's going on in terms of. You know, the you know, the party and the ticket and everything. Yeah. Donald Trump leads and, you know, in, in all of the polling, but by a wide margin. by a wide margin, Democrats have wanted somebody to step up. And, and here's Dean Phillips. And you need I know they want to present this unified front. But if you've got people that are unhappy with what Joe Biden has been doing, well, here is the alternative. But you don't like the alternative. But you want an alternative. So I, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, wh- what is it going to take for people to be happy? Because you're not happy if you're not presenting a unified, you know, if Joe Biden does indeed become the nominee for the, the Democrats, as expected, I fully anticipate there to be a unified front behind him. But what's wrong with, you know, putting somebody else in the primary? Well, in the, the, it's as simple as this is that when he is out campaigning and saying it's time for new blood, the argument is is that you're you're creating talking points for the GOP in this case. And that's the criticism. But but it's, is it but, but, is, but is that not out, coming but is that not coming from also on the Democrat side where it's like I wish we had a, an alternative I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I have I, to imagine that. I mean, those are talking points that the Democrats are using as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But it's still a, a sitting congressman taking on a sitting president from the same party, trying to get the nomination, is unusual. It, it, it's raised a lot of eyebrows. And now this next step that says. You know what? I believe in my cause so much that I'm stepping away. Now, I will say this. He has probably angered the establishment to the point behind the scenes, and we're not privy to that, in the Democratic establishment that he's probably like, yeah, I'm going to run, and it's time for me to move on and do something else. My my point being is is that he is probably – burn some bridges 
in the party with this move. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And there there were people ready to go. Boom. When he made that announcement, we had two names right now. And now the GOP has to come up with with candidates to run for the seat. And you would figure, because of the history of the third, that, that this seat is wide open going into next fall. That that it's it's definitely in play. Or if, if Phillips didn't run for the Democratic nomination, he would probably be pretty safe to return to Congress. So there, there, there's no doubt that uh, he is rolling the dice here, and we'll, we'll see how it continues to play out. And by the way, I have more coverage of that story here at News Talk, A3OWCCO, and online at WCCRadio.com. And, of course, the free Odyssey app. Quick break. We'll put a bow on it here on this Friday. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great holiday. And the holiday weekend continues. By the way, uh, we'll we'll have all the news coming up at 9 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Steve in for Henry tonight here on the Lake Show. Big thanks to Chris Tubbs, our producer on the program. Henry was in earlier. Highlights available at WCCO radio.com we have some breaking news and we will continue to cover this story online and on the odyssey app this from the associated press and this came in just moments ago Derek chauvin the former minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering george floyd was stabbed by another inmate and seriously injured friday at a federal prison in Arizona. A person familiar with the matter told the Associated Press, the attack happened at the Federal Correctional Institution in Tucson, a medium security prison that has been plagued by security lapses and staffing shortages. The person was not authorized to publicly discuss details of the attack and spoke to the AP on the condition of anonymity. The Bureau of Prisons confirmed that an incarcerated person was assaulted at FCI Tucson at around 12.30 local time Friday. In a statement, the agency said responding employees contained the incident and performed, quote, life-saving measures, end quote, before the inmate who it did not name, was taken to a hospital for further treatment and evaluation. Once again, just a few minutes ago, the Associated Press reported that Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering George Floyd, was stabbed by another inmate at a federal prison in Tucson, Arizona. This is being reported by the Associated Press. And, of course, we'll continue to follow this story through the night tonight with the help of the Associated Press and, of course, at WCCORadio.com and the Odyssey app. But that is uh, some big news, and we would expect to hear more from CBS coming up at 9 o'clock and through the night. Once again, thanks for tuning in here on this Friday night. Hope you have a good holiday weekend. 
And we'll keep an eye on the weather. I'll be back tomorrow at 3. We'll have Tech Talk with Doug Swinhart, some college football scores and more. And once again, a big thanks to Chris Tubbs. Always fun to hang out with Chris here on News Talk, E3O WCCO.